My Wax Museum is a proud member of the Create Fine. Hey, before we get into today's show, I just wanted to pop in and mention that My Wax Museum is part of a whole network of shows produced at Mecco Radio. The network includes shows like She Has a Name Too, Broken Bulbs, The Old Goal of Truth, and more. We've got some incredible projects happening now, starting now, and upcoming. So tune in for those. We'll be talking about those more in the future as they come out. But for now, if you want to check out the other shows, you can do so at mechoradio.com. That's it. Just mechoradio.com. Go to mechoradio.com. That's Echo with an M in front of it. M-E-C-H-O radio.com. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of My Wax Museum. As always, I'm your host, Alex Williams, and today I'm joined by my roommate, Kurt Weckeser. Now, as a note, this episode sounds a little bit different because it was recorded in person. Kurt and I talk about the importance of found family and taking care of oneself, specifically one's mental health. It's a great episode, and I'm excited to share it with you. And remember, after today's show, to make five minutes today to listen intently to the people around you. Kurt Weckeser, welcome to My Wax Museum. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Alex. Happy to be here. I'm glad you are. Uh, this is one of the few in-person interviews that I've done in the past year. Out of probably the last 50-some episodes, maybe, maybe 10% of them have been in person. So this is cool. So do you want to fill the audience in how we know each other? And this might explain a little bit as to <laughs> yeah. why it's in person. Yeah, for those who know the COVID regulations in Alberta, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's actually, uh, it's uh, really lucky for me, I guess, because I'm in this house. We're in Calgary here, and we're just a whole bunch of roommates in this house. Um, but I am here because I'm doing a pharmacy or pharmacy rotations here in Calgary. Um, and I'm just living here and like debating if I wanted to like leave or not. Cause my lease technically expired. And then I was like wondering who the new roommate would be. Like he would be the make or break of me staying here. And then Alex moves on in. I'm like, Oh, he's actually really cool. So now I'm actually still in the house and we're roommates. So I'll be here for a few more months. And that's basically how it goes. But look at that. Yeah. I think it's, I, you know, I pride myself that I was the make and not the break. <laughs> yeah. if, if I moved in and you're like, yeah, I was going to see who the new guy was and there was you. So I was like, yeah, I got to head out. Could have been on like some other guy's podcast being like, yeah, there's a roommate who moved in and uh, that's the reason I'm gone. <laughs> yeah, this guy, I could not stand him. So I had to leave. Yeah. But I'm really glad you stuck around. I'm enjoying our conversations and I always like having another person to interview. It's yeah. always great to come on here have these awesome conversations. So with that, where are you from originally? Whew, what a loaded question. So I was born in Whitecourt. So that's two hours northwest of Edmonton. So born there. Uh, then I moved to Tabor for four years. Um, and then I graduated high school meds hat, lived in Japan for two years as, like I said, a volunteer. And then been in Edmonton for the past five years. And now I'm here in Calgary. So when people ask me the question where I'm from, I either say Medicine Hat or Edmonton, one of those two. Okay, yeah, because that was going to be my next question, because I've always found it fascinating. For me, I've always lived in the same place, you mm -hmm. know, with small moments elsewhere. Yeah. And so it's always been interesting for me to hear 
from people who have lived in multiple places mm-hmm. where they call home. It's hard. Yeah. Because like, I don't want to say White Court because I don't know. I don't talk to anyone from White Court anymore. Yeah. I don't want to say Tabor because I didn't really like living there. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, like there was good experiences, but overall, I, I didn't really care for it. Um, Medicine Hat, I liked, but I was only there for three years. Right. Um, Edmonton feels more like home now because like I had roommates, my old roommates there. Like I lived with one guy for five years. Like we were, we were family. Like, yeah. Uh, we had seven guys in a house last time I was there and it was like, it was awesome. We all talked to each other. We had family meals together. We did things like watch movies, played like Smash Bros. So I, that feels more like home to me now is Edmonton. Interesting. I love how you can find your family in that oh. way. Y- you know, like yeah. you find this group of people who you're like, these these are them, right? Yeah. And so I'm curious who who your family was growing up and leading up to hmm. that experience of finding this new family in Edmonton. What was your growing up experience like? Wow, that's a loaded question right there. <laughs> and I don't know how much I really can actually delve into here. Um, so growing up was interesting um, because well, we moved a bit and stuff like that too. And um, there's like some, there's some mental illness in my family um, and that's been hard. So basically my family we don't really, like, I don't really talk with my mom anymore. Like, there's, like, there's a couple things going on. We're trying to figure out the dynamics still. Um, so, my family's really not as close as we used to. Like, growing up, we had, like, our ups and downs, of course. But moving out and stuff like that, like, my, I'm really close with my siblings. But my dad and I never had a relationship. And my mom and I, like, it's strained right now. Hmm. So, it was really interesting growing up because I learned how to develop family outside of, fam- like, your stereotypical family. Like, that's why my roommates in Edmonton are my family because, like, I would spend, like, Christmas with them sometimes. Like, I would spend, like, holidays with them because I didn't really necessarily feel the need to go home. Right. Because I was with them. Because, like, growing up was, like, such a different feeling and kind of, like, yeah. So, it was, it was interesting. Like, we had really good times. Like, I love my family. Right. But it's just, like, right now we're trying to figure out what our family is. Right. Yeah. So, I find that so, so fascinating. The different experiences that different people have because some people come on and i i'm like what was your family like growing up and they're like "Eh, you know "Eh, whatever we ate mac and cheese for lunch sometimes (laughs) and 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 it really really depends where that experience is so in in the interest of this idea of found family Mm -hmm. who was the first person you remember growing up and saying like this person even though they're not biologically related to me their family I think one guy, his name, his name's Ferris. He was a young men's leader for my church program. And he was just like, he was phenomenal. Like he, he always got me and my brother to do labor for him and stuff like that. And like paid us really well. And like, we just were always with him. Um, we did a lot of things with him. He's just like a sweet guy. And I feel like he's the first person I really like, who is not biological, felt like almost family with. Hmm. Cause he just took care of us. I felt like he was like a father figure for me in a lot of ways. He taught me a lot of things. Yeah. So it was really cool having him. Cause he, like I was, I was also bullied a lot in like middle school and stuff like that when I was in Tabor and it was hard for me. Um, but he was in Tabor and he really took care of me, I found. So mm. he was probably one of the first ones, I would say. That is awesome. That is really cool when you can find people like that who, who you connect with, mm. right? And especially when, when you're a young man and it's, you know, almost like another father figure for you, yeah, right? Exactly. So what were, what were some of the, I guess the lessons that you learned along the way, whether from Ferris or from other people that kind of shaped you into the person you are. I think like one big thing is always trying. 
always learning, always progressing, always growing. Um, yeah, I'd say like that's one thing, just to keep moving. But I think that's a big thing, just to keep moving, to yeah. keep, just to keep going. Hmm. And like that's what you know, the biggest qualities that stuck with me now, like even taking a break from school and stuff like that. Like I just realized I, I want to go, I want to progress, I want to be better. I right. want to help people. Right. Yeah. Um, so I feel like that's something that's really stuck with me. Yeah. Let, let's talk about that a little bit. Because I, I remember when I first moved in, one of the first conversations we had was about you taking a break and mm. coming to that realization that you needed to take a break. Mm. You strike me very much as the, you know, I got to go. I got to get it done. I got to keep going, right? Keep yeah. trying and keep working at it and stuff. Mm -hmm. So like what... What was it after all this school, after all these years, you know, working so hard at it? Yeah. What was it that finally made you say, like, I have to slow down. I have to stop. I have to take a break. It was actually really interesting because, yeah, so like I've, I did two years undergrad at the University of Alberta doing a bachelor's of science. And then I applied to the pharmacy program, got in. Um, then I did my three years of pharmacy and this is my fourth year here in my PharmD program. So I've been like mm -hmm. every summer doing internships, Japan internships rotations or farm d classes that make up for i'm switching from a bachelor's of science to a pharmacy like doctor of pharmacy program so it's been busy mm -hmm. it's been wild it's been hard i was like class rep i was like on committees i like did everything right because that's what i did i just worked hard um but i just like started noticing ever since um especially with covid it's been hard on me because I, I really read faces and not being able to see faces and like mm. feeling more isolated the anxieties finally started creeping up on me because i've i've always been a pretty anxious person but it started creeping up on me and things were going downhill. I was not as motivated. Um, my placement at a busy hospital was like not going as well. Like it, things were just, I, I couldn't concentrate. And I was scared for the safety of my patients, to be quite honest. I, I was scared that I was gonna make a mistake. And I mean, I always had pharmacists looking over my work, but I was scared to like make a mistake that could actually possibly harm someone. Um, so I was like debating all this and wondering what to do. Then all of a sudden in the midst of all that, unexpectedly, my girlfriend broke up with me. <laughs> so at that point I was like, okay, you know what? I have to look out for me. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to stay in this placement to finish my education, trying to like stay in this placement because I like eventually maybe wanted to marry this girl and be a, you know, husband and father and provider, right? Be the strong guy who stays in it. But I'm like, okay, I can't do this anymore. And I came to the realization that I just, I couldn't. And mm -hmm. the path I was going on was not going to lead to success. not going to lead to happiness. not going to lead to like health for anyone, for me, for my future patients or for my future desired and dreamed for family. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that was the, that was the, that was the spark is when she broke up with me. I was just like, okay, I need to take care of myself. Interesting. Yeah. It, it's interesting how, you know, cause it's not like that just happened out of nowhere, right? That was the straw that broke the camel's back. That was yeah. the thing that made you decide, okay, I need to take it easy here. Mm -hmm. And so what are you doing now to, to take that break and to, to kind of relax yourself and, and recenter yourself? Well, it was actually really lucky and I'm very blessed because like uh, that girlfriend that broke up with me a week later, she realized how awesome I am and uh, we got back together. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> yeah. No, she's the amazing one. Um, but yeah, we figured things out. We, we needed it. And I, I'm mm -hmm. really happy she followed that, um, I guess, prompting or inspiration to do so. Um, but honestly, spending time with her has been so healing for me because um, I feel like with like some of the early, I mean, I guess adverse experiences, like with like mental health issues and stuff I got in the family, like feeling love for me was, is hard. Hmm. So having someone in this, in this case is my girlfriend who like, I really feel like loves me um, and cares for me has been really, really he healing for me. 
Hmm. So spending time with her is great. Um, I think also like I, I have to have some kind of purpose. So I just teach like I tutor English, like like a, like an hour or two a day at most. Um, not good pay at all, <laughs> but I just I just do that because I feel like it gives me purpose. Right. Um, I keep exercising. I'm like talking to professionals, like counselors, psychiatrists, everything, and just like getting myself back into the zone. And, and also like taking time to smell the roses along the way. Hmm. I, so, okay. There, there are two questions in my head. Mm. Uh, and I'm going to go, I'm going to go with, with one of them for now. And we might come back to the other one, but you're, you're talking about doing all of these things. You know, mm. it sounds like I'm almost picturing like a movie montage of like you working out, you talking to the <laughs> psychiatrist, you know, talking to the professionals, tutoring English. Rocky music yeah, in the you're background. Just like, dun, 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 and dun, you're just dun, getting dun. into it and, <laughs> you know, ready to roll. And so uh, kind of coming from that idea, do you feel like you're, you're training for something? Do you feel like there will be a time where you're like, okay, now I'm ready for the competition. Now I'm ready to get out there. I don't think I'll ever be ready. Hmm. And I've come to that conclusion. Like, I, I'm going to go back in a month now, a little over a month, I'm going to go back and do a rotation for pharmacy. Um, and do I feel ready? No. But do I feel better? Yes. Hmm. And I think that's what's important. So I feel like I'll never feel ready for things. Because, like, that's the thing is, like, I, I struggle a lot. Well, there's a couple things I'm going through, but one big thing is anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, like, taking medications for it. I'm seeking counseling for it. Like, there's a lot of things I'm trying. And being a pharmacy student, I'm definitely willing to put my research into the medications I'm taking. But... Um, it's, it's just a simple fact that it is a competition per se, or like it's a, it's, it, I mean, life, everything, but I don't think I'll ever be quite fully ready for it, to be honest. Hmm. Just have to accept that I'm doing better and then I'm willing to try again. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do think there's some difficulty that we have, you know, um, imagining like, oh, I'm not ready yet. I'm not <laughs> ready yet. Yeah. Do you, do you have a moment in your life where you did feel like you were ready for something? Oh, before I feel like I was a lot more confident. Like, actually, I don't know if I ever felt ready. I just felt confident in my abilities. Like I just studied hard and was successful. Right. But like recently I've been, even though I've been trying hard with like mental health, I just haven't really seen the results for a long time now. So I've kind of lost that confidence, I guess, per se, to be like, oh, I'm ready for things. Hmm. Um, But I think before I used to feel a lot more ready for things interesting but more ready never like yo i got this like i can handle it 100 percent. never would say i felt that hey guys future alex here just popping in to say i'm never ready for things we've got a whole ton of crazy things going on and i'm just flying by the seat of my pants trying to keep it together and trying to figure it out but that doesn't mean that those things aren't awesome so If you go to mechoradio.com, I promise you, you will find some pretty cool podcasts, including Broken Bulbs. This is a show I started at the beginning of the year where I look at the creative and professional and sometimes personal failures of otherwise successful people. So that's Broken Bulbs. You can check it out wherever you get your podcasts. Now, back to the show. Uh, it is it is interesting to see how our confidence levels change as we learn more and realize how much we don't know and oh, how much further there is to go. You would think like, oh man, like I learned more, so I'm more confident. It's the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. You learn more, you're like, wow, I don't know anything. Let's see yeah. how this goes. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're you're uh, like the more the more you learn, the more I think you realize how much you don't know. Yeah. Yet. 
And, and so I think that's really cool, especially in a profession like pharmacy, mm. right? There's going to be so much more. You're always oh. going to be learning more as, as new pharmaceuticals become available. Mm. And like, I just can't imagine. I saw your, your textbook <laughs> yeah. and it's just this insane, yeah. you know, collection. Uh, I was looking at, at my medication in it and I was like, oh, interesting. You know, it's yeah. like crazy. It's wild. It's totally wild. So, okay, I want to come back to that other question mm, yeah, that please. I thought of. And that is, what are the roses you've been smelling along the way? Well, that's a good question. Um, I think one is, especially because gyms have closed, walking. Just going on walks. Like one of my favorite things to do is to go on, there's a couple of ponds in your house and walking mm -hmm. by them and seeing the ducks. I love seeing the ducks and like, like seeing like, oh, how are the ducks doing? They're still alive. And like the other day was like, minus 17 windshield like minus 28 i'm like oh the ducks are still there like they're yeah. still swimming away so like that's one it's just going on walks um i think another one is really just growing to appreciate conversation a lot mm -hmm. more and like just like finding someone to talk to and feeling like just enjoying the conversation as well and like just talking like my family and i have gotten a lot closer my siblings at least and my dad um we've gotten a lot closer with like my mental illness my struggles because like i call them more and i talk to them about like talk to them about their experiences um, that's another thing is like in improved relationships I find with the people who are close to me. Hmm. Um, that's been good. Um, yeah, those are probably two of the bigger things actually is walks and actual communication and trying to improve relationships. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think those are two very underestimated things. Yeah. I think if you were to go for a walk every day and listen intently i always say listen intently to the people around you mm. every day the world would be such a nice place yeah. right and, and it's nice too because when i go on a walk i don't put in music or uh anything at all mm -hmm. i just walk and listen to what i hear like around like like hear the ducks again going back to the ducks i'm hearing like the sound of like my feet on the snow um just everything like the other day i i was going for a walk and actually i think i was going running this day and like the amount of ducks at the pond was incredible. Like the whole pond was covered in ducks. And it was just so cool to hear them, hear them quacking, hear them swimming. And like just to be there, to actually be present. Hmm. Um, and I feel like that's helped my anxiety too, is learning how to be present. I think that is definitely a learned skill. It takes, you know, yeah. to, to find that meditative practice that brings you here and now. Mm -hmm. And of course, course in this podcast we talk about then now and the future yeah and so moving into the future taking us out of the now maybe <laughs> you know somewhat ironically yeah what does the future hold we talked about beforehand about how you're at this crossroads right yeah. what are the options ahead of you it's it's really interesting and like this is where i think anxiety is really cool and i'm quite okay with sharing my experience with it because i think just like i think it's very like fascinating, mm -hmm. um, quite, quite a interesting experience for me. But so basically for most of my life, um, I feel like I've been motivated by stress and anxiety, like stress that I won't do well, um, anxious that I won't get good grades. So I study more anxious. I'll be lonely. So I try to date a whole bunch, you know, like trying to find a partner, that kind of stuff. Um, and now that I'm taking medications for anxiety, um, I've been on them for probably like six weeks now and my anxiety is decreasing a fair mm -hmm. bit. Um, and I'm not anxious about those things anymore. And it's, it's interesting because here I am five and a half years into an education, um, and almost eight months into a relationship. And I'm like, now what? 
Hmm. <laughs> like, do I want this? Right. Do I actually want this? Um, and it's just been so interesting to look at because I also have like my family dynamic where I'm like, we're not like, like your average family. I'm like, okay, so what do I want with family now? What do I want with this? Like, there's just so many things I'm looking at. Like, what do I want? Um, so it's really been cool to reflect on that. Because like yesterday, I was I was very lucky to go with my girlfriend and go on a little trip um, just to go to the mountains kind of thing um, to relax a bit. Um, and I, I realized at that moment, like a lot more than I did before, like how much I, again, that I want her in my life. Um, and then like when I think about pharmacy and like the people I've helped in the past and um, working at pharmacies and feeling that love for people, I'm like, this is what I want. Um, and it's really cool to find a different motivation hmm. for the things that I, I want. Um, so as to where I'm going to go, it's a really good question. Um, but I just know that like I'm, I'm learning now the things that I want and why I want them instead of just being motivated by anxiety about them. Interesting. Yeah. Instead of it being, you know, either cultural or internal, this, this push and this urge to do certain things and to fulfill certain expectations, right? Yeah. You're, you're more able to smell the roses. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, no, it, it's really cool. Cause like, like you said, cultural too. Like I know in, in the church that I'm in, it's like, it's, <laughs> there's a huge push towards marriage. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's such a big push. And like, that was honestly one of my motivations for the longest time, I think is that, that push, but it's not anymore. Like, I mean, like I see the importance of, it and I see how it is something I should look towards, but I want to do it cause I want to do it. I'm not, right. I don't want to get married to get married, but I, I want to get married someday cause I want to find someone I don't want to be without, you know? Yeah. So it's really cool finding your actual motivation, making it more intrinsic. And even though anxiety is intrinsic, I feel like that's almost extrinsic. extrinsic oh my goodness, external. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, in, in nature. Interesting. Okay, so, I mean, you're talking about where you get your motivation. So, like, where where is your motivation coming from? What are you motivated mm -hmm. to do day to day? That's... A good question because I'm still figuring that out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what my motivation actually is. Um, and for me, it's, I think a big one, we talked about this before too, but I think it's people is huge for me. Hmm. And it mm -hmm. resonated when you mentioned that as well previously, but um, it's just, for me, it's, it's really huge because I want to help people. Mm -hmm. I've gotten so much help through my life and so many people have helped me. I, I want to be a pharmacist or some kind of medical professional um, that helps people that can like really say like, I have this knowledge so I can help you. So that's like my motivation to get better hmm. um, for pharmacies because I really want to help people. Hmm. Um, I don't want to just be like the pharmacies like, oh, it's a decent paying job, work 40 hours a week and make enough money. But I want to be a pharmacist who's like, hey, I actually care about you. Um, right. And I will learn and I will keep learning so I can help you. Right. Um, that's a big one. And I think even with like that, like even with trying to get better also for um, being able to like deepen my relationship with my girlfriend too. Um, I'm really motivated by her and the fact that like, I know that she really cares about me. Hmm. Um, and she's another big motivator in my life. Um, and like also my family, my siblings, um, my friends, uh, I just want to be better for them. That's awesome. Yeah. And yeah, we've had a few conversations around that, around what gets us up in the morning. Yeah. And so I think that idea that, you know, you have people you care about and people who care about you. Yeah. And, and that can really get you moving to, you know, go out and try and make that impact in, in your life and yeah. other people's lives. And so looking, looking further into the future, I want to hear about 
you know, 10 years down the road, ideally, hmm. what's, what's Kurt doing 10 years from now? Ooh, okay. So Kurt, 10 years down the road. I mean, ideally, married. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to be married. I'd love to have a family. Um, if it's 10 years, let's see, a couple years without children would be nice. So maybe three kids by then. Maybe four. We'll see where that goes. Okay. <laughs> see how fertile I am. Uh, <laughs> give it a good old try. Um, yeah. Actually, I have this uh, fertility statue from Japan that I brought back with me. It's a little little raccoon oh. called Tanuki. So I'll just keep that by the bedside table. And yeah. We'll be yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I would love that. Like I, I think like growing up, I, I didn't feel as safe as I would love loved to. Like yeah. with like being bullied and like just like. Um, troubles at home and stuff like that too um, so I feel like I would really really love to be able to create a home where my children feel safe where they can mm-hmm. bring in other like their friends and like we can invite other people from like church or the community and be like hey come have dinner with us like come feel the love in our house because I want it to be a house of like where their love is felt yeah um, that's a huge motivation so um, that's big I want to be married have a house um, kids uh, also I would love to be a practicing pharmacist yeah um, I just feel like that's a, like, it's just a really, it's a calling for me and I've already invested so much in it. I just want to keep doing it. So whether that's community pharmacy, hospital, I'm not quite sure yet, but helping people as a pharmacist, um, is also big for me. Um, and also one thing I really want to see for myself is just at a spot where I can honestly say that I love myself and that I'm proud of where I've come from and that I'm got a handle on things hmm. per se. Yeah. So those are three of the biggest things I would love to see myself or for myself in uh, 10 years. Yeah, I think that's awesome. I think especially, you know, finding ways to come to love yourself Mm -hmm. as well. That is the biggest thing. You you talked about your your mental health going on right now and your Mm. the anxiety that you're facing and stuff. Mm -hmm. Has that always been a problem? And then it just came to a head now or Mm. like, where? Where is that at? Good question. Yeah. And uh, I think I've always had it. As far as I remember, even like as a young child, I've always been anxious. Hmm. So anxious. Um, So I've always had it. Um, But I've always dealt with it. Or like I've always just kind of like taken care of it. Like I think one of my two of my favorite coping mechanisms, one was working out and the other one was ice cream. Mm-hmm. hate so much ice cream <laughs> those two go really well together <laughs> yeah, too <laughs> keep me balanced honestly like <laughs> uh man you can ask any of my old roommates anyone who knows me um ice cream is my jam my goodness i love ice cream um but yeah i just feel like i've always coped um but covid has really taken one of those things away from me and that's uh well not one of those things well it has as well you can never take away ice cream that, <laughs> that will be there forever um it's taking away gyms but also another thing actually that's helped me cope is people just being around people i get a lot of energy from that usually or just feel okay about it um but covid's taken that away from me a lot um at least the physical sense of it so that's been hard um i think just like i eventually got to the point where it just got so bad that i had to deal with it and I just, what I was doing before wasn't enough to contain it anymore. So yeah, I got to the point where I was just like, yeah, okay, time to figure out if I need medications, like what therapies I need, et cetera, et cetera. So. Right. Right. Yeah. And I know, so especially recently, actually, I think the past several interviews, mental illness, like anxiety, depression hmm. has come up in almost every single interview yeah. recently. And I think that's probably largely in part because 
our conversations have become more about it to try and destigmatize, uh, you know, mental health and stuff like that, mm -hmm. as well as the toll COVID has taken on a lot of people yeah. mentally and emotionally and just, you know, in your relationships. Yeah. And, and so you talking about being medicated and you're becoming a pharmacist. Hmm. That's what you're working towards right now. Yeah. And so I'm curious to hear your, your view <laughs> on, on medicating for anxieties and depressions. It's been a battle for yeah. myself because like uh, growing up, I had someone close to me who um, was heavily medicated for a lot of things and abused a lot of medications. Um, and that was hard to see. And it scared me. I did not want to take medications. I was the kind of person who avoided medications as much as possible. Um, like I, even if I had like a headache, I would take Tylenol for occasionally, but I would avoid them until like, I was like, okay, this is bad enough that I need it which is ironic that I'm going into pharmacy, but <laughs> so I, I avoided it. And I always just, just like always said like the stereotypical, like, Oh, if you need it, take it kind of thing. Like I never pushed meds on people, but I said, if you need it, take it. Mm -hmm. When it came to me needing it, I did not want to take it. Right. It took a while for me to actually like accept the fact that I needed a little extra help hmm. that I was struggling and that I wasn't going to make it without it. Um, so I just kind of got to the point where I was like, I just told myself like, it's okay. Like they're here to help you. You can figure it out. Like this is what you need. So I, I, I think it's so important to get to that point and realize that if you need it and it's, if it's for you and you feel good about it, do it, take the medications, get that extra help. Cause they're here for you. Mm -hmm. Like some people will be like, Oh, I can do it on my own. Or like, I don't know. Like there's like some people who are also like in my church or other churches or other faiths saying like, I can just pray and that's enough. But it, it's not like God, in my opinion, God gave us these advances. Like we, we've been able to do these things. So if, if we're given these things and don't use them, then, I mean, how can we expect to get other help? Mm -hmm. Like we have so much help available, medications, counseling, all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, please. Like if you feel like it's for you and you've talked with a medical professional about it, do it. I've mm -hmm. tried a couple different medications now and I'm finding things that work for me. Um, and no medications without side effects. And I knew that going into it and I was just kind of hoping I wouldn't get some of them. <laughs> um, but it, it is what it is, but it's just the simple fact that like you have to push through it. Mm -hmm. Um, and also like another big thing too, is like, I always counseled patients on side effects while taking their medications, especially antidepressants and anti or anxiolytics and stuff like that. They'll mention like how it gets worse before it gets better. And it does, it gets worse. Hmm. Like I had days where I was so depressed or like just like so stimulated by the medication or anxious from the medication that I just didn't want, like it just, it was hard to take it because it wasn't helping me yet. It was just making it worse. Hmm. Um, and those were hard days because I counseled patients on the exact same thing and never knew what I was actually counseling on. Right. And now that I was experiencing it, I was like, this is what it feels like. This is what it feels like to take a medication that you're hoping will help you, but is making you feel worse. Hmm. And like to look at that pill and say, I hate that I have to take this. I hate what it's doing to me, but I'm hoping it'll make me better. Hmm. That's been huge for me. And I feel like going back into pharmacy, I'm excited to like be able to actually look at a patient. It's like, this is going to suck, but it's worth it. Like I, I want you to get better. You want to get better. You need the help right now. So let's do it. Right. Huh. I think that's such a, a vital perspective is, and it's really interesting to hear that perspective from you who is working to become a pharmacist as well as somebody who is going through this right now and, <laughs> yeah. and experiencing this for themselves. Yeah. I think that's a really, really cool uh, perspective to have on the show. And like you mentioned, everybody should consult their medical professional, Yes, you know, go and get help. There are people out there trained. 
to help. Yeah, like this is this is what I've been doing for like six years of my life to get ready for this. Like I've studied all these things to help. Um, there's doctors, there's psychiatrists, there's people who like are meant to do it. Like I try a lot of things on my own. Like I tried everything over the counter for sleep because I had a lot of insomnia for like a few months. Um, I can tell you that Benadryl did not work for me. Mm-hmm. It's got a good old constipation from that one. But I like melatonin, St. John's wort, all these things. Um, but I just realized I had to like leave it up to a professional for a little bit there. Yeah, I really appreciate that insight. Um, I have one last question for you. Mm. This is the question I ask every guest at the end of the interview. Mm. And that is, at the end of your life, when you're looking back on all the experiences you've had, everything you've done, everything you've seen, all the people you've met and helped, what are the things you are most proud of and satisfied with? Like at this, like at the end of my life, eh? Mm-hmm. If I were to look back, okay, the way I want things to go. I think I would have to say the biggest thing for me would be able to look back and see that I made my wife really happy, my future wife. Mm-hmm. And that she was very, like she had a good life. I want to see that I was a good partner, that I was faithful, that I tried my best. Um, and I just want to see that I had a family that I gave it all for. And that I had patients who were really affected um, in a good way for me too. I just want to see that I helped people. That's what I want more than anything is just to know that I helped people and that I made at least someone's life a little bit better. I love that. I really appreciate it and appreciate you coming and being on the show. It was like a, it was like a five meter walk. So (laughs) (laughs) not too hard. (laughs) That's perfect. And thank you for listening, not just to this show, which we certainly do appreciate but more to the people around you, the people in your life that you just happen to know. Take some time, just five minutes, to listen intently to the people around you. Mecco.